City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A quick show note about this recording. This episode was originally recorded by Chase and Laquan while I was away. And due to some unforeseen circumstances, we've not been able to upload it until now. So if there's a couple of mentions about me being away and a couple of other bits, uh, please try to move past them. All the discussion about Summer League, all the analysis about the players, who's done well, who's not, um, what things we want to see for the upcoming season are all still completely relevant. So sorry for the little bit late upload, uh, upload. Uh, please have some patience with us, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Hornets Draft Show. I am your usual co-host, Chase, but I am here with Laquan Robinson, as James is out on vacation in the West Coast uh, after his wedding. He's out there enjoying himself, having some fun in the sun in California, and he actually went to the Hornets Summer League games, uh, one of them in Las Vegas, but he's not available to talk about them, obviously, because he's out having fun right now, but we're here. We're going to fill you guys in. We're going to recap the whole summer league, give our thoughts on pretty much everything that, that the Hornets did out in Vegas over the from July 7th to the 17th. Um, Laquan and I are sitting here on Monday night after everything's fully wrapped up. How you doing, man? How was your experience watching the NBA 2K 2022 summer league this year? <laughs> what's going on um yeah like you said shout out to james and congrats to him like always it's definitely a big move so i'm glad he getting to watch a little bit of basketball one of the happiest times uh definitely great um you know aside from that though it was a good time we got to watch a lot of great basketball some not so good basketball um like i always say i'm a basketball junkie so i got to watch a lot of everybody um i watched the, you know i got to tune into a lot of these players and just to get to you know key into some of my favorite teams to watch outside of the Hornets. so it was a very fun time but i definitely got to see all of what the hornets had to offer and i got a lot to say about it so i'm excited to get into it yeah me too there there, there were a ton of really good performances in the summer league i mean keegan murray the summer league mvp well he balled out pretty much Every single game, Ben Matherin was pretty good in the, that one game that um, the Hornets played against the Pacers as well. Uh, there, there were there were some quite a few good uh, good performances across the league, but we're going to talk everything that has to do with the Hornets in summer league. Uh, I think we'll we'll start off on a positive note here, and just cover the general things that uh, impressed us in the Hornets summer league, whether that was a like a team aspect or an individual player skill or performance or something like that. I'll let you go first. What was the number one thing that caught your eye that impressed you with the Hornets? Um, I feel like my the number one thing that impressed me with the Hornets, there were a couple of things, but I'm going to key in on one. And I'm going to say that's the um, God of Thunder, man, JT Thor. He was really impressive. And um, like I said, I was lucky enough to get to see some of his better games when he played for Greensboro last year. But 
just to see how he started off a little bit slow and worked his way and ramped it up and to get into the point where he was dropping that big, uh, what was it, 28 points that game. It, uh, that last game, JT Thor, I just felt like he was really aggressive as far as the scoring department goes, but I like what he was doing a defensive end as well. And I think he, I think he had like five steals as well. So I just feel like he was everywhere. And I think he showed Steve Clifford and he showed the coaching staff what he's really going to be able to do when he steps up. So um, I, I'm really excited to see what he's going to be able to bring this upcoming season. And I really thought that, you know, he showed some big strides. So uh, what about you? What, what impressed you the most, Jay? Um, I, I was definitely impressed with JT Thor as well. I, I thought, like, like you said, his defense was really good. He was really aggressive like the whole time. And offensively, he kind of put it together in that last game. Um, but I think my number one thing was just br- probably just Bryce McGowan's in general. Uh, just his offense. He was it was so good. And this is it was kind of like exactly what I was hoping for from him. He wasn't particularly efficient. I mean, which was kind of the same knock that was he had on him coming out of Nebraska, but I mean, he ended up shooting 42.9% from three uh, over the course of summer league. And that was on 5.6 attempts per game. So, I mean, that, that, that that's pretty good. He, he didn't have a, uh, his field goal percentage was only 33.8% and he kind of struggled finishing at times, but he showed a great ability to get to the rim. And when he gets hot from three, like, you can tell it's going in as soon as it leaves his hand. Like he has such a good looking jumper, like off the dribble. He hit that one like hop step, step back, like right up at the top of the key on in fast break, man. That was like, that was probably my favorite highlight from all of summer league though. That was a, he, he played really well uh, in these five games. I thought. I agree. Um, There was a lot of aggressive moves that he took towards the rim and they were really impressive. Um, I wanted to see if that shot was going to be able to translate and if that shot making ability was going to be able to translate. And I feel like that um, he had this little move where he would put it between his legs, that step back for the three. And he did it a couple of times where I feel like, man, if you can keep doing that at the next level, you definitely got a spot. I'm really going to be interested um, I'm really going to be interested to see where him and Book Knight are going to fall um, because I feel like they can provide the team a lot of the same things. So it's really going to be interesting to see how the rotation will work out. I obviously think it's going to take him a little bit more time. I think Book Knight is uh, more defensively ready. There was a lot of, uh, you know, impressive plays that Book Knight made, but I love what Bryce uh, gave. And I think it, whether he spends some time on a swarm or whether he spends a little bit of time on the main team, he's going to be explosive when he comes on on, on the court for sure. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really curious to see if he ends up as a full-time roster player after this performance. I mean, he's only on a two-way right now, but I mean that 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 was I mean, I thought that was better than a two-way player performance. And especially given the type of situation the Hornets are in, like if you can get a player like that on the court, like you might as well. And a two-way restricts you to a certain amount of games that you can play. So if you can get him, I mean, there are two roster spots left right now. Get him on one of them. I mean, I I definitely think that that could be beneficial. And then you have the, the two open two way spots, but um, Bryce, Bryce was definitely awesome. So what, what was the, um, the probably your, your second most impressive thing that you saw uh, during summer league? Um, I'm going to say, to be honest with you, and I know a lot of people weren't really, imp- uh, you know, I think this was a person that a lot of people weren't really looking forward to. And I'll say I was one of them as well. He wasn't a name that stuck out to me, but Figueroa, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. He impressed me. Um, I really, the thing was on a defensive end, that's where he first kind of stood out to me because I felt like he was very aggressive on a defensive end and he was diving for balls and, you know, just playing with a lot of energy. And I was like, wow, he's, he's looking like he wants to be out there playing. 
But when the you know, there were certain games where the offense picked up too. And I was like, man, you know, he looks like he could play some minutes somewhere. I don't, I'm not sure exactly, you know, where they'll be, but I think, you know, he really impressed me. And that was a, a kind of a bright spot. I think it wouldn't be bad to take a look at him on the swarm for a little bit. You know, um, I think the swarm could definitely use a player like him. What about you though? You had anything else that jumped off the page to you? Yeah. I, LJ was awesome. He, I was like relatively high on him when he came out of Oregon. Cause I I'm somewhat of a Oregon basketball fan. So I had watched him a little bit anyway. Um, he was, he was really good. I, I think he's 13 for 13 to start off summer league. I think it took him two games to even miss a shot. Like uh, not, not that it's like super high volume scoring, but he's finding ways to make an impact and fit into the offense without he was, I mean, he wasn't a featured player really at all. I mean, but in even within that, like he was a decent playmaker, one of the better non Jalen Crutcher playmakers really on the team, despite not being a point guard at all. He's kind of just like a bigger wing that just kind of runs around and makes an impact with his size and length on defense. But he, he was really good. And I, given Scotty Lewis's very unfortunate injury at the beginning of summer league, which I mean, that that really, really stinks, uh, especially. I don't, it, like I think it was the the practice on the day before their first game like they had just gotten to Las Vegas um so that definitely sucks for Scotty and I hope that that I mean we haven't really gotten any word on how severe that is other than that he fractured his leg so I we don't know how long he's going to be out for but if I think th- there's at least a chance that he's out for the year if he fractured his leg so if there are now two two-way spots open given that Arnaldus Koboka signed with a team in Europe uh lj figueroa could be a very good fit uh for one of those teams or for one of the or for the second open two-way spot sorry because bryce mcgowan's has uh the first one but lj figueroa could definitely be a good fit for that second two-way if scotty lewis is out for the year and, and for a team that was um starving for shooting there was a couple uh good shooting performances from uh manic i mean i think he he showed a little bit as well so i was impressed with some of the you know, it's just at, at moments, he just seemed like he had a couple moments where he would get hot and it kind of looked good. His stroke, every time it left his hands, I was like, it looks good. So um, I wasn't really impressed with them too far on the defensive end, but I, I feel like the shot was looking good. So, you know, it, the team looked like they really needed it. There was points in the game they couldn't hit threes in the summer league. So I think uh, it was impressive to see, you know, the shooter display. I wish I would have seen more of Leangelo, but we'll get into that in a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Like the, the spot up shooting and the, I mean, offense in general was kind of just a weak spot for this team in summer league, which I don't know the, the point guard, I w- I'm sure when we get into the, the not so good portions of summer league, we'll talk about the point guard play as well. But Manic was, he was, he was always in the right spot for the most part. Like he was never really clogging up the lane for the bigger guys that are way better finishers than him. I did a good job spacing the floor when he catches it, he turns to the basket and lets it rip like right away, which is what you want from a guy that's supposed to be a shooter. Like you, you want him to go out there and be confident. Like even if he misses however many in a row, which he didn't really do all that often, it was pretty, pretty consistent, even if he wasn't a major part of the offense. So I think he'd be a good guy to maybe bring on like a training camp deal, stick in Greensboro and see if he can turn into anything in like a year or two uh, with some defensive development. Cause he obviously has an NBA jump shot, but um, anything else that uh, impressed you before uh, we move on? I think I got like one more thing, but you got one more. I'm, I'm going to let you rip off your last one. Cause I got a, I, I got a couple extra in the things that didn't impress me uh, category. <laughs> All right, I, I got, I got a couple in that one too. Cause as fun as this summer league was, um, it was not all all rainbows and sunshine, uh, unfortunately, for the Hornets. But 
Um, my, my last thing is it's more, it's not really an individual thing, but I think a lot of the young players on this team have a style that Steve Clifford is going to like, which is a definite change, I think, from his first tenure in Charlotte and will probably lead to him just being more generous with playing the young players. Not that he really, I mean, the team is way younger this time anyway, so he doesn't really have a choice, but I think that it'll definitely help like with guys like Mark Williams, JT Thor, Kai Jones, like all these guys play with such energy and like aggression. And like, you can tell that they're trying to like think through the game and make the right play. Like, even if it doesn't always work out that way, like when Kai took the ball up full court and dribbled just into a crowd of three people uh, in the last game and effectively sealed uh, the Hornets summer league fate uh, in the last contest there. But I mean, he was, he was trying to make a play. Like, you know, he, he is a big athletic dude and he can handle the ball a little bit as we saw him when he was attacking uh, the basket throughout, you know, throughout summer league, when he puts the ball on the floor, good things can definitely happen because of how athletic and strong he is. But, you know, all these guys play with some similar style that I think Steve Clifford's going to enjoy. And nobody's really like, um, like a low effort, like defensive player. Uh, Even if you're not necessarily good at it, like, Bryce McGowan's who's, you know, like 170 pounds and not the, mo- the most uh, defensively adept player at this stage, but I think they'll all be able to find their way uh, onto the court this year. I, I can see that. And I think, like you said, there, there are a lot of um, high effort, high effort, high energy players. And that's along with the lines of what Steve Clifford is going to want to build off of, especially at his tenure. He talks a lot about how he's going to try and keep the pace. And it's about finding balance um, between having that offense and that defense. Um, so I feel like, you know, being able to have those youthful players that can run the floor, it'll allow them to do things like that. It'll allow them to play at a pace still, but um, have the athletic players that you need to be able to play defense. So I think it'll definitely be a, um, I definitely think it'll be interesting to see how he uses some of those tools and he's going to have to utilize them, especially without them making, you know, many moves. Most of the um, growth is going to have to come internally. So I think that if some of these players are able to step up, um, you know, we might, we might be able to see something positive. I was looking at the the numbers projected for the Hornets wins next season though. So that's not looking too good. So they're definitely going to, you know, we're going to need some growth for some of these players to, uh, to make a jump in the Eastern conference. Yeah, I think it was uh, 36 and a half or something was the uh, win total over and under, which is I think that's lower than it has been the last couple of years. So, you know, no, we're not we're definitely not looking good in the eyes of uh, Las Vegas so far, but we still we still got time to straighten things out. But uh, we'll, we'll switch gears here now. We'll go to the things that happened in Summer League that uh, were not as as impressive as uh, all the things we just talked about. Um, there were, there were some things that, that, that were not necessarily bright spots in this, in the summer league trip. The Hornets obviously had two pretty good games, two f- really bad games and one game that was kind of just a wash. Uh, so, I mean, you know, you can take that for what it is, uh, but what, what was your number one thing that kind of jumped out to you and made either worried you for the upcoming season or turned you off, uh, from a certain player on the summer league roster? One of my biggest things, and I think um, I have really two big things that bother me, um, but I'm going to start off with the first one. One of my biggest things was 
I'm still interested in how they're distributing the minutes. I believe that some of the big men should have played a little bit more. And that was kind of the thing that was bothering me. Um, I think, you know, with Mark Williams being, I know he wasn't drafted at the top of the lottery or anything like that, being drafted 15th, but I feel like he should have played more than about, what it was about 19 minutes per game, about yeah, 19, so. 20 minutes. Yeah. About 19, 20 minutes per game. I just think we should have seen him on the floor a little bit more to see if he could, um, you know, change the game a little bit more, get into his offensive game and expand it because I think this is the time of the year where you can do things like that. So, um, you know, how they allotted those minutes between the big man, Kai Jones, things like that. I think it was a little bit confusing to me at times. Um, I'm not really sure what they're getting from Nick Richards. I personally was one of the people that liked Nick, Nick Richards last year, the minutes that he got, um, especially I think it was around a December, January time, or it was like a spot where he was playing, he was playing a little bit more. And I really like what I've seen from Nick Richards. So I'm kind of confused what they're doing all around with the big men. And that was one of the things that I didn't really like, because I feel like if you drafted Mark Williams, if you're counting on these guys to develop, just let, let them play, you know, just go out there and let them play a little bit more. Um, obviously, you know, there were some players that played more like crutcher or different things like that. But um, I just think, you know, for me personally, I would have liked to see Mark Williams at least play a little bit more. So that was one of the things that bothered me. Yeah, the, I, I thought the the Nick Richards summer league experience was a little bit strange. Not that it was like he played pretty well. He actually played really well, I thought, uh, for, for the most part, especially in the, the first game. Him and Bryce McGowan's were the two early bright spots, I thought, of of summer league for the Hornets. But he he's just a third year player. I don't know why why he necessarily needed to play the 24 minutes in two games. If Mark Williams, Kai Jones and JT Thor were all also going to be like big minute players because in what I, I like it just I can't see a scenario in the regular season in which JT Thor is going to be playing small forward with Kai Jones and Mark Williams on the floor so you like not and not that you have to replicate your regular season lineups in summer league but it's just it was just a weird situation like it kind of, I feel like it just makes it harder for all of them to like have a good game when they're all on the floor together at the same time so often and they really have no choice when you have like four four five four slash fives on the roster at once but yeah i feel i i agree with you that the minute distribution probably could have been a little bit better maybe like just one of those guys just sat entirely like every game so the other three could just like not be like on a crowded front court for like all of their minutes but i think it definitely hurt mark the most i think because he he's not really used to playing with other bigs that are like not like offensively inclined like Paulo is an extremely good mid post player and like a shot creator and passer and could shoot the three a little bit AJ Griffin was a, a, a sniper like he's not used to being surrounded by other big guys that just want to roll to the rim and dunk uh, as well so it was that it, it definitely roughed up that experience and that was my my number one thing too so I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up as well as the the front court play like the Hornets summer league roster has just been very poorly constructed for like two or three years in a row now, which um, I guess is not the worst like complaint that you could have, but it's not, it's kind of just, it makes for a poor viewing experience um, to, uh, to, if I do say so. Agreed. Agreed. I feel, and I think that, you know, there was definitely some bright moments to what these bigs were trying to do together. Like, you know, trying to see if JT Thor was versatile enough to be able to play down. But like you said, that's not something that they're going to be doing on the main team at all. So 
I would like to see these players put in more position to see what, you know, what their roles are going to be and um, just more defining roles for some of these players. I'm, I'm just more into that lane. Now I want to see some of these players get into a defined role and they start um, trying to become more of a team, you know, a serious team, you know, I know that at times, you know, rebuilding, you can go back and forth, but I think it's about that time to actually start defining roles for some of these young players to give them something to shoot towards. Um, just my opinion now. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. The It was kind of just like more, it was more of just like, okay, we have all these players, like let's just give them minutes and kind of so that they they all can be on the court for a certain amount of time and whatever they're doing while they're out there is just kind of like, just it's just a bonus that that they're out there not necessarily like they're they're doing things that are going to translate to their role in the regular season but you know i it, i they've got the whole summer now to work on that type of thing so it was only a for a stretch of four or five games uh, at least so we'll move on to the second most pressing thing which i think would probably which is also probably going to be near the top of your list which was the point guard play for this team uh out in vegas which aside from Jalen Crutcher was, I mean, quite literally non-existent. Like there was not another true point guard on the roster. We talked about that in the pod that you and I did with James before he left to, to go to Vegas um, and before summer league. But he, I mean, Crutcher ended up averaging five assists and three turnovers um, across the, the five games, but uh, he shot 23 and a half percent from three, 32.4% from the field. Uh, he and he drew one free throw per game. He was really just not a threat uh, to score at all, uh, and the, which is kind of unfortunate because he shot really well at times uh, with the Greensboro Swarm last year. And I think that that is like at least uh, a positive aspect of his game, if not like one of his biggest strengths. He just didn't really get to show it in Las Vegas, and it affected his ability to make plays too because even in pick and roll, like teams were just not really respecting him uh as anything more than like a pull-up three-point shooter and once he got in the paint it was kind of just like okay go go take like a tough floater mid-range jumper or go to the rim and you know probably not make the the tough layup around the big that's waiting for you there but what were your your thoughts on the the point guard play for the summer hornets i think you might still be muted Right. I agree with you completely. <laughs> I agree with you completely. Um, I think that also was causing issues, Chase, for some of the bigs, because I think it's kind of hard to find your game if you don't have a point guard that's going to put you in position. The floor is clogged also at the same time. So I think it just created bad basketball at certain times. Um, I really wanted to be able to see one of these point guards step up because the Hornets are going to need guard play coming up into the season. We got uh, the mellow for sure, but you know, with some of the other players, you're going to need backup players. You're going to need other players to play spot minutes throughout the season. So you're going to, it would be nice to be able to develop some of these guards and actually get to see them on the court. I think, you know, like I was saying, and like you said, in that pod with James, I think one of the things that was really missing was to see, I was really excited to see what book could have done. Um, but what you had out there on the court, I think everybody was trying to give a little bit more in the ball handling aspect. You seen Kai Jones bringing the ball up the court. Um, Ty, Ty Alexander was shooting the ball well for uh, for a stretch. You know, uh, I didn't think he was the best at playmaking or anything else, but I feel like he was shooting the ball good for a little bit. So 
Um, I really just wanted to see, you know, I really just wanted to see more from Crutcher because I've seen, you know, I've actually watched him a lot in Greensboro, but he wasn't really performing at all. And with that guard play looking the way that it was, it really didn't allow any of the big men to kind of get their games off either. So I think it was just detrimental all around. But at the end of the day, like you said, it's just a five game summer league uh, slot. And hopefully once they get into, you know, actually playing around the team and practicing with the team a little bit, they'll be able to develop some of that chemistry. Should we talk about Kai Jones now? I mean, I don't know. I feel like he, <laughs> I think I should, does he fit more? Were you more positively or did you react more positively to his performance than, than negatively? I don't, I was probably like 51, 49 to positive, I guess, but the, he, there were some aspects that we have to talk about in the, in this section, I thought, but where, where'd you land? Yeah, I, I, I feel like um, I was trying to be positive at first when it came to the shooting, I was trying to be positive. I feel more yeah. or less than anything. <laughs> Because I think, you know, I was like, okay, I don't mind somebody trying to expand their game. But I think at a certain point, it comes to an IQ type of thing. Like, you know, so there's certain times you got to learn to turn it off or try something different. Um, I thought it was amazing how every time he attacked the rim, it seemed like he could get there at will. And I would like to see more of that. So it was kind of like a mixed bag for me, like you said, because there were certain things that he did. He showed you flashes and I loved. But when it came to certain, obviously, like that very last play, JT Thor has a great game and, um, you know, it comes down to the end of the game. And instead of you slowing it down or and that and that could be attributed to not having a guard as well. But instead of you slowing it down or, you know, pacing it out, Kai wants to rush it and then he gets the ball stolen, turns it over. And then, you know, that's the game. I think, you know, a lot of mistakes like that. Um, a lot of people backdoor cutting them at times and just different variations of things. I think they, there's things Kai has to focus on, but with him only playing the game for so, for so little bit of time. And when you see those flashes of potential, I think, you know, it gets me back every time. And I, I, I keep going back and forth with Kai. So I really, I really think at the end of the day, he's still going to be a, a good player in this league, but uh, it, it wasn't the greatest summer league showing if I had to be honest. No, it it definitely wasn't, uh, and especially after a strong G League season last year, I, don't, I think it left a little bit to be desired, especially in the the shooting department. I mean, zero for ten in the first game is, I mean that that's about as rough as you can go out or as you can come out uh, come out of the gates to start summer league. Take, do you want to take a guess at what he finished uh, summer league at shooting from three? I'm a I'm gonna say eighteen percent. 6.3%. Oh. <laughs> On 3.2 attempts per game, he shot 6.3% uh, wow. from deep in five games. So that's so one- bad, <laughs> to, to put it simply. Uh, as much as I love Kai, and I'm with you, like I'm still on the ba- I'm still on the bandwagon. I think he's going to be good, but 6.3%. Um, in five games, too. He had, like, he had some time to make up for it. But it really the old like like you said, the only thing that really came through for him offensively was when he would put the ball down on the floor and get like three or four dribbles from the three point line. And I mean, he can dunk like literally anything if he takes off from within like four feet from the rim because he's so he can jump so high and he's stronger than a lot of guys now because he looks like noticeably bigger than he did uh, when he came into the league last year. Uh, and he's also he has like the longest wingspan and can jump in the out of the gym and like he has the perfect like physical and athletic ability to be that type of like big that can shoot pass and dribble a little bit uh, and attack off the perimeter and kind of like make the uh, like defenses lose their balance a little bit but 
the shooting is not there yet. The passing is not there yet, but I, th I think the ball handling and getting to the rim is, I mean, it's at least coming along and pretty close to being there. So like that, he's checking some of these boxes and he's still like the defense is, is another thing too, but the shot blocking instincts are always going to be there. And he's obviously still massive, like uh, to st standing in front of the rim, like he's an imposing threat. Uh, and if you have him at the four, he can, he has the, and he can learn how to switch a little bit. Then that's another thing. So I think uh, he had some highlights and some lowlights, but you know, we, we had to give Kai his own segment, I think almost because he, he had such a unique experience <laughs> compared to everybody else. <laughs> It definitely was really polarizing. I think, you know, Kai had, you know, people are either one way or the other when it comes to Kai. I feel like, you know, they either really love his game or really just dislike it. So, um, I like you said, I think it deserves its own segment because it definitely was very polarizing. It just caught your attention that first game. And to be honest, I was watching it just saying, you know, all right, he definitely is not going to shoot another one. And it just seemed like every time he was opening the ball, just kept finding him at the three-point line, and it just kept, you know, piling up another one, another one. I was like, man, this is uh, it's unbelievable. It was really unbelievable to watch. But um, definitely the Hornets Summer League experience is one of a kind. Yeah, I mean, hey, but I mean, props to him for, you know, keep firing away. I mean, the 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 confidence never is lacking. So that that that's a key part of developing and becoming a better player. So. We got to we got to at least give him that. Oh, exactly. And like I said, I still think I still think it's going to be a lot of potential there that needs to be fulfilled. And I think he's going to be able to achieve it. So uh, you got to do it at some time. It's better to get it in summer league than to do it in the actual NBA game. That's all I got to say. Exactly. Exactly. We'll take it out, out in Vegas rather than uh, at the Spectrum Center. Did you have anything else that uh, you thought came up short for the Hornets in summer league? Um, I really, to be honest with you, I really wanted to see, uh, just, I love the, I love the environment that they had, you know, the culture the team is trying to build and things like that. But I like how the other teams, you know, they, it seemed like they had their whole team there at summer league and things like that at times, or like some of the, like the Atlanta Hawks or I've seen pictures. So, you know, I just want to see the team kind of, you know, build, do more building that culture with the vets and things like that. I do know that like there was Cody Martin there i think or and i don't know maybe i'm mistaken there might have been a couple other people there i know i've seen cody martin there for sure but um you know i want to see some more of those vets help build that culture too i think that could have been a good time for a terry rogier or for a gordon hayward who's still getting paid on his team or you know some of these other players to come and actually you know be a vet, be a presence there and kind of cheer some of these guys on when a younger starting their careers, because I feel like it, it doesn't do anything, but leave a bad taste in their mouth. Um, you know, those are your veteran players, but I, I think that that's something that I wanted to see um, as far as helping to build that culture. And I think, you know, obviously they'll have some more time. I remember last year, Terry Rozier took everybody down to Miami. So maybe they'll have an experience like that, but there's always time to build that culture, you know, not never just one, you know, once it's always time to build that culture. Yeah, I actually I was thinking that, too, that the Hornets kind of seemed like a team that didn't really have as many players out in Vegas. But you're, you might be right that Terry is is planning another uh, Miami like workout trip because I mean, they had like every single member of the team and a few coaches at that, uh, including Borrego. And I think Michael Jordan even showed up to that last year. So, I mean, if that if that happens again, then that will we'll, I'll, I'll take the the lack of uh, attendance at summer league. But. I, 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 I was with you that, that that was definitely something I noticed while I was watching on TV that a lot of times the Hawks especially had like, I mean, they must have had like eight guys that were that were at summer league or something. 
Um, but the Hornets, only, I think, I think you were, it was only Cody Martin may, I think PJ Washington might've been there. Um, but other than that, I think it was, it was just the two of them, but um, all right. So I think that'll do it for the beginning segment of the Hornets draft show, the summer league recap. Uh, we're going to come back. We'll talk about the non rostered players uh, as in like the players that are not currently members of the Charlotte Hornets, like Mark Williams or Nick Richards, and then Bryce McGowan's on a two way. Uh, that we think might have a chance to make the Hornets or as players we might see on the Greensboro Swarm. Uh, and then just kind of our general thoughts to wrap up the summer league this year. And there's no more basketball for another five months. So we'll let you guys know uh, what we got on the other side of the break. We'll see you in a minute. Despite it being the depths of the NBA offseason, action never ends this summer at DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. You can throw down on all the major action with baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with saving game parlays, spreads, money lines, and over-unders, and props, your betting options will feel endless. I just got back from LA where I saw the Dodgers, and they're rolling right now, so I firmly suggest you get some money on the Dodgers as soon as you can. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Please see the show notes for details. All right. And we're back. We're going to talk about some of the non-rostered players uh, that we think either have a chance to make the Hornets uh, land in Greensboro or guys that we would just like to see uh, a little bit more of in the Charlotte Hornets organization. I'll let you go first again. Who was the, I mean, I assume that LJ Figueroa might top the list for both of us. Uh, so if we want to tie, if we want to go, go on him a little bit again, we can, but if you have another guy that, that tops your list of guys that you'd like to see uh, for with the Hornets or in Greensboro, go right ahead. Definitely, definitely a big fan of Figueroa. Um, but I think, you know, all in all, there was a couple other players that I think showcased some things. Um, one, I want to see more from Leangelo Ball. I really think um, you could just see it, the gravity that he had when he caught that, um, when he caught the ball in the corner and then he pulled it for that three, even though it missed, you could just see the gravity and the building. You could hear it like, you know, and I'm, I'm watching from the TV and I could hear the crowd kind of revving up, hoping it was going to fall. Um, even miss, even his misses, you know, calls the energy. And I just think, you know, the little bit of time that he got to play, he did perform pretty well after he got revved up. And I think he deserves a little bit more time out there on the court personally. Um, I think, you know, the Hornets could use shooting. And I think, you know, to be able to see what he could actually do on a defensive end, we're going to have to see him play some actual minutes there out there on the court. So whether it be there in Greensboro where he's actually playing some meaningful minutes or whether it be, you know, eventually working his way up years down the line I could see something like that um but I I, I just want to see it you know he seems like he can you know put the buckets up I just want to see it that's all I, I want to say you know don't put him out there for 15 minutes and then don't play him uh that's the part that gets confusing to me yeah I mean he's definitely like a like a professional level shooter like he he, he I think he finished like at like under 20 percent or something in Las Vegas but any like you said he has gravity as a shooter like it doesn't really matter what he he's over four in that game or if he's three for four like guys are going to close out on him the same way he has size he's like six six he's pretty strong he 
definitely competes defensively and uh, uh, on the glass. Like he has a lot of role player skills that would fit in uh, in like an NBA roster as well. If they if he can like scale them up a little bit and just you know be a little bit more efficient uh, in like an NBA game and so like a G League game or something. Like I I, I definitely think he's like a, he's a good player to have around in the system. I mean, obviously for his basketball skill, but also because he's LaMelo's uh, older brother. So that there, there's clearly two reasons to keep him around. I, I mean, he's, and he's more than good enough to warrant like it to get past like the, Oh, he's just LaMelo's brother stuff. Like he's clearly like a G league level, at least rotation player. So uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, I mean, I hope that he's in Greensboro again, but I'm, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him there again. I, I can't imagine that the Hornets are going to like willingly let him go. Um, so I, I, I would assume that if he, unless he doesn't get an offer from an overseas team or another NBA team, then uh, we'll see him back uh, in Greensboro next year. Definitely, definitely. And I, and I think, you know, like you said, hopefully he gets an offer that's most beneficial to him at the end of the day, but he deserves, he has NBA level skills or at least G league level skills. So I just feel like let him play and see what's going to happen. And I think that's what the Hornets are going to have to do with a lot of these players up and coming. They're going to have to get to a point where they're going to have to let some of these players play and see what they have with them. Um, especially if you're going all in on this development thing. Uh, Cause that's the direction. It seems like the team is going at this point. Um, you know, it seems like they're kind of going more of a development direction. So if that's the case, we got to see what we got out there. Uh, but what about you? What's uh, what's, What's another player that's caught your eye? I mean, apart from Figueroa, who I mean, I'm fully advocating for him to get a, a two way spot or at least like a maybe even the last roster spot or something if that happens uh, after the summer league performance he just had. But I, I, I was kind of intrigued by Justin Manaya as well. He played he played pretty limited minutes. I think he yeah he averaged nine point eight minutes in his three appearances, but shot thirty three percent from three, which isn't efficient, but he's a comfortable three-point shooter he has size he's a very he, in college he was a really aggressive rebounder and he has some physical skills and the ability like in, in providence as well he was a very good defender so he has like good like rangy defensive forward that can space the floor archetype uh, like base level skills it's just a matter of whether or not he can put them all together uh at a reasonable enough level to be like an nba role player instead of a g-leaguer but I, he'd be another guy like Manic that I'd wa- I would definitely like to get into training camp on like an Exhibit 10, just get him back in Greensboro, have him play there, whatever role that would be like as a starter coming off the bench or something. But uh, he didn't do like a whole bunch that, you know, was jumped off the screen at you or anything. But uh, I thought he was he was a pretty interesting player. I, I thought like the guys at the end of the bench, like didn't really play that much. Like I, I, Isaiah Whaley, Cam McGriff. I don't think either of them even went in a single game like at all, which I mean, and, I mean, we, the Hornets probably know what they have in Cam McGriff because he played with in Greensboro all year last year anyway, but I don't, I don't, I thought it was weird that Isaiah Whaley got no time at all. Yeah. I thought that was a little bit odd as well. And I didn't know if that, you know, cause I know he has like a Yukon connection with book night and things yeah. like that. And book night didn't play. So I don't know if that, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that had anything to do with it or not, but I doubt it. I just, I really wanted to see if he had anything to give on the court. Um, I was looking for him actually, because I want, you know, that's why I think it's funny that you mentioned that. Cause I was actually checking for him. I was like, wow, is he not going to play at all? Um, aside from that though, I definitely think that 
there's so much potential when you look at when you look at some of the you and a guy that you mentioned, like some of these pieces, like a guy that you mentioned earlier um, that unfortunately, like you said, is um, out for injury. Scotty Lewis. Um, Scotty Lewis is the type of guy I remember. There's a lot of times where I would go into the gym early in Greensboro and just, you know, kind of get get a good seat, stuff like that, going there early. And I can guarantee you there was one guy that was always out there shooting like you know he'd be the only person out there shooting it was scotty like you know scotty be out there shooting a lot of time you talk about work ethic it seems like he has he has work ethic and it seems like he wants to actually be good at his game so that's somebody that i would like to see actually you know get a little bit more time um he reminds me kind of of like what cody martin gives you know what i mean what cody martin gives on a defensive end if he can kind of improve on a three-point shot kind of like how cody did um, but he's way more athletic. And I think, you know, with that athleticism, he'll be able to even take it up a notch or two. So that's somebody that I've really be impressed with seeing that we didn't get to see in the summer league per se, but he's going to be somebody that's in that rotation that I wish I would have got to see in a summer league. So. Yeah. I, I, I hope we hear something about his injury soon, like as to the, how long he's going to be out, like how severe that injury was. I mean, it, it looked, fairly fairly bad he posted a picture of it on instagram of his x-ray he definitely broke his leg like that 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 much is for sure it was not like one of those ones that you can't really notice uh when you look at the x-ray uh he he snapped his leg like pretty much clean in half but um i you never know these days like with how quick guys can recover from that type of stuff so if he comes back like maybe in like december january or february or something like that'll still give him a couple months out of the year to get back in shape before, I mean, maybe a potential like play in playoff run uh, or even just to get some run in for himself anyway, just to, to not have a whole lost season. But I, I'm with you that I'm, I'm hoping that Scotty can get back out there soon and uh, start playing again. Cause I, 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 I liked watching him last year too. I, I wanted to drop a surprise question on you, Chase, a right, surprise one that just, that just popped up on me. If you had to, if you had to give an MB, MVP to the summer league, who would you give it to for for the Hornets team specifically? Hmm. I'll give you mine first while you think about it. I'll give you mine okay. first while you think about it. I, I I have a feeling who I think you're gonna say. I have a feeling who I think you're gonna say. So I'm gonna kind of veer from that one just a little bit. Okay. But I, I I'm I'm gonna go JT Thor. I'm gonna go JT Thor only because I really like the improvement from uh, beginning to end, and I like how you know he uh, really seemed like he was taking it serious. Um, but even how he was kind of willing that last game, I think, you know, it just kind of really showed that out of all the players to me, he was the one that seemed like he was really focused on developing and kind of, you know, taking taking a step and taking the lead for the uh, the team and just really trying to showcase that he was trying, you know, showcase a little bit of leadership and professionalism on the court. So um, I really appreciated it. I really appreciated seeing JT Thor do that. Um, so for me, I, if you know, especially if the Hornets would have had a winning record and been able to step it up a little bit more and go into the tournament, I think it could have been something. So I, JT Thor would have been my MVP for me. But um, what about you? You have anybody? Yes, yeah, I was deciding between JT and Bryce McGowan's. I think I got to go Bryce McGowan's, uh, and I'm I I I I'm, I think that is, is that probably who you get I'm thought that I was going to guess. Yeah, I I, I, I mean I can't sure. I can't. He's, he, I think he might be my guy now for on the Hornets. I, I might have to just be the Bryce McGowan stand among the Hornets universe. But I mean, if he averaged fifteen four and three. I not overly efficient uh, from the field, but I shot 43% on six threes a game, drew five free throws, 
I thought that that's that's pretty good for a guy in his first taste of uh, professional competition. And J- JT was pretty good as well. Yeah, he, he averaged over uh, one and a half blocks and steals uh, per game too, which uh, that that is pretty cool. He averaged a one and a half steals and a block per game. Is how I should have phrased that, but and, they both they he, both played pretty well. And then JT, what, JT shoot like what thirty eight percent from the three point line. Yeah, our th- yeah, thirty six point eight, and then forty two, yeah, forty two percent from the field. So he he was pretty efficient in the the looks that he got. If JT could give you thirty six uh, percent in the you know in his NBA stints and G League stints, if he can actually shoot that thirty six percent consistently, he's going to be dangerous. Oh yeah, uh, he's going to be dangerous. But I, I can't fault you on a Bryce McGowan. He led the team in scoring. Uh, he looked. He looked the part and some like what y'all have been. I've heard a lot of people talk him up, especially you. I've heard a lot of people talk him up, but you definitely um, are leading that pack. And uh, like, like you said, he looked the part for sure. So um, I want to see I want to see a little bit more from him. And I just want to see how they want to play that Venice thing. I'm a book night fan, so he's going to have to pull it from me. I'm not going to lie. I'm a book night fan. So he's going to, you know, I'm going to have to see because he's battling right there for me. Yeah, I, I get that. I like Book Night a lot too. And I was thinking, I was actually thinking about this today. And I think that this is this might be a good transition into our last uh, our last offseason outlook segment here. Cause I was actually gonna ask you something about this. Is like, would you be not? I mean, I guess we we all probably would be okay with it um, because the all the guys that we like are getting to play. But if the backcourt rotation next year is Lamelo, Terry, Book Knight, and McGowan's, do you think that that's like a recipe for disaster like is that something that would be good for the development of the team like just because all these guys are playing like because I don't I mean I don't think that it's necessarily a long shot that that happens like you know because like what backup point guard are they going to get on the free agent market right now other than like Kemba or Isaiah Thomas basically uh and then after that like who else is going to handle the ball <laughs> like it's pretty much just Gordon Hayward and Cody Martin but they have to play like someone has to play the wing too so you know it's you're getting the the numbers are getting short here, so McGowan's and Book Knight might be up pretty quickly. Hey, I I can see that actually. Um, I think one thing that I seen from Book Knight that I know he was trying to implement was his ball handling. I could see he was trying to be more of a playmaker when he was playing for the Swarm, and I could see that he was scoring a lot at the beginning. But I could notice as the year went along, he was trying to you know playmake a little bit more and showcase his defensive aspects too. So I can see that they could play that kind of rotation. It's just going to be interesting because with Terry's contract and the um, amount of minutes he was playing last season, I have to see how they're going to manage his minutes as well. I think that you can actually get more defensively. I know right now McGowan's is going to take a further leap, but I actually think you might be able to get more defensively from book night, even next season than we can get from Terry next season. And I know Terry was a two-way player that was very, you know, I know Terry was a very strong two-way player from a couple of years ago. Um, But I think, you know, just with the height difference and after, athleticism difference i think that you know we might be able to see something um you know from some of these young guys so i, I terry and lamello starting and then you know being able to see book and bryce uh kind of you know come off that bench and just the scoring punch you would get from those two guys off the bench it, it would be it'd be box office alone uh so i really would be excited to see something like that um i'm really hoping that 
you know, to help take up some of those wing minutes, PJ is able to um, work on some of that ball handling. Maybe he could help out on the wing as well. I just hope that they don't lean into Cody Martin as much in a guard minutes. You know, I don't mind Cody Martin when he's playing on the wing. I think he's, you know, but when he gets stuck in those guard minutes, especially when he's guarding quicker guards, sometimes I find that he ends up getting burnt. So I think, you know, for me, I would like to see some of the younger, more athletic guards, like you said, the book Knights, the McGowan's, you know, just to play some of those minutes and, and see what we have there at this point I don't think you can lose I think just seeing what you have there would be really important at this point in time yeah I agree and it's kind of like the only position group that's not like doesn't have a lot of players in it already like they have four bigs a bunch of like defensive rangy forwards and then not really any young wings and the young guards and kind of just have a clear path to playing time if they can at least be two competent two-way players uh, at an NBA level so that'll be interesting to see Uh, how that pans out. But I want to ask you one more thing before we get out of here. Mark Williams. I feel like we haven't really, we haven't probably haven't talked about him as much uh, as we maybe thought we would have heading into summer league uh, as the Hornets lottery pick. And he didn't, he didn't play badly. Uh, He played really well defensively offense finishing probably left a little bit uh, to be desired. 44.1% from the field after being like a 70% finisher uh, at Duke last year. But like we said, the, offensive system he was in was a huge step down from the one he was playing in at Duke, even though he's surrounded by much older players that have professional experience. Um, But uh, I I think that what he showed defensively gives him at least a chance to play himself into a firm rotation spot in training camp. And I mean, I don't know if he's going to be the opening night starter, but I don't think that there it's there's a non-zero chance. I think it happens. Like I don't think that there the door is shut on that yet. Uh, if he can tie together some of the offensive things and continue to impact the game defensively the way that he did in summer league, because I mean he 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 really deters opponents from going to the rim at times just by like standing there with his arms out and jumping. I I, I think you can get so much more from Mark Williams. Um, if you allow him to actually play minutes on the floor. And that's the part where I get kind of confused because I don't know if they're trying to make him earn minutes necessarily, or I'm not sure if they're, you know, allowing him to come along slow and just not applying pressure to him. One thing that I will say is I would, I would be um, lying to say, I would be lying to say I didn't believe Mark Williams could produce more than Plumlee could next year. I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, I don't believe Mason Plumlee should be the starting center of this team next year. Now, if you had almost any other starting center um, in the league, almost like, you know, I, I, I would probably say, you know, let Mark Williams come along slow. But Mason Plumlee is one of the few where I would say. Uh, let Mark Williams come and see what you have with him, because you know what you got with Mason Plumlee and, um, there was just too many reasons and, you know, he couldn't, you know, not being able to stretch the floor, not being able to hit free throws. There was so many things that it caused, you know, literally offensive liabilities. It caused things to happen on offense that shouldn't have happened. And they had to put him in positions on the court on the offensive end and they had to cover up for him. You know, they put him in positions to cover up for him a lot of times last season. And I think you wouldn't have those same issues with Mark Williams, just talking on the offensive end, but on the defensive end, like you said, I think he would be able to affect the game from day one. Um, I think he's going to have to learn. And I think there's, there's not a better time than to learn now because I'm not seeing, uh, 
I, me personally, I don't know about you, but me personally, I'm not seeing a playoff or a championship contender team right now. And uh, I think you need to see what you got in these young guys just to, you know, let them play at this point. And if you can, if he can develop a little bit faster and get to, and get to make his mistakes early, then you'll be better off in the long run. Yeah, I think I'd be lying if I said I expected a, a championship run the, this year as much as, much as, I, as much as I'd love to see one. But yeah, I, I mean, I personally, I think I, I'm with you. I would just like throw Mark in the starting lineup if I were like the coach or had control of that sort of thing. But I, I mean, the, you know, the Mason's over 30 years old, Mark's, you know, 20. I, I don't know if he's going to immediately get shown the door in favor of him uh, in the starting lineup, but I, it's probably going to happen a lot quicker than, you know, uh, I mean, if there's a Mason Plumley contingent, it's going to happen a lot quicker than the Mason Plumley contingent uh, is hoping for, uh, just because he's, Mark is so much better defensively. And I'm really uh, excited to see what he looks like with a point guard, uh, especially one with, that's like a, uh, as such as an elite passer as LaMelo is, because that's going to make his offensive game much better. It's going to make finishing much easier for him. LaMelo is going to get him the ball in much better pockets to just go up for the rim immediately instead of, you know, having to like gather a bad pass or, you know, turn and get set his feet because he didn't catch the ball in the same position as he's used to getting it from with a point guard that's more seasoned to operating in the pick and roll. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see him play with LaMelo I think that it's going to be they're going to connect for a, a very nice lob I probably give it like the first half of the first game that they play together I agree and I think you know also Mark Williams is going to get a bad rap because a lot of people are going to be comparing him to Jalen Duran early in his career yeah it's, especially because it, yeah because that you know the way that the trade happened and you know the way that kind of a lot of people were projecting Duran above him so it's going to kind of be a little bit awkward for him. I think he's going to have to kind of, you know, a lot of people are going to be expected to for him to prove himself and kind of play better than Durant. And I think that's going to be a little bit of pressure. But I honestly think I watched a lot of Duke last year because I'm a big Paolo fan. So I honestly think he jumped off the screen for me at Duke, you know, just early off. I was like, wow, like, you know, he, he, he stood out to me. It's just a regular player. So seeing him on the Hornets now. I think he'll be really good, and I think his time is going to come. I think the Hornets just need to trust in him and uh, allow him to thrive. Yeah, I agree. I, I think if they do that, um, it's at least going to make that trade look good because you, if you got a player that's your starter, he's your long-term guy, you can play him You know, all regular season as your big-minute starter. He can start some playoff game series and play some closing lineups for you in the postseason. And then you got all those p extra picks in future years you, that you can't really argue against that. You know, the, that makes it look a lot better. Uh, so I, and I think that will happen if, if they do that and let, let just give him all the like confidence that he needs and just all the reps that he needs to develop into the player that he showed flashes of in, in summer league. Cause even with this poorly constructed roster, he made some pretty impressive plays offensively and defensively. He was a much better passer than I thought. He had four assists uh, in that one game. So I, I think that that'll be something that will help him get on the floor too. Cause I mean, apart that might be the literal one skill that Mason Plumley has an advantage on him right now is like playmaking and passing in general. And if he can even somewhat replicate that, then that the, he might, he's going to be putting himself in pretty good position uh, in training camp there. So Anything else uh, that you're looking forward to for the offseason? We have so long until the Hornets play basketball again. It's it's July 18th at 10.03, and it's like re it's really, really hitting me now. Um, 
now that we're like finishing this podcast that there is no Hornets basketball for like two and a half months almost. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of, I'm definitely looking forward to some of the summertime rumors, some of the, uh, footage of, you know, the workout footage from the guys getting into the gym and just working on their games. And I'm really looking forward to see if any moves are going to be made or just, you know, kind of what, what Mitch is going to do, you know, with building the rest of this team. I'm really just curious to see if they're going to bring in anybody else. Um, I'm, I really am. The veterans, I that, I feel like the biggest thing for me is the veterans. They're getting paid such a big portion of the cap that I feel like there has to start being, you know, some accountability held on their aspect as well. So just seeing some more of the veterans and seeing if, you know, you know, some Gordon Hayward being healthier, what's going to happen with that situation. And I feel like now more than ever. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, there's another date, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, with the Miles Bridges situation coming up, you know, and things like that with uh, the court. So that I guess that situation will be getting figured out as well. So the Hornets find a way to be in the news. And I'm sure this summer they will continue to be in the news, unfortunately. You know what I mean? So there will be something to talk about. Yeah. I mean, like you said, the uh, restricted free agent basketball player um, court date is on July 20th. Uh, that will probably lead to some more updates one way or another on the Hornets situation with the contract that they currently have uh, tendered to him and have not rescinded yet, despite those earlier reports that they were going to or were expected to or whatever. So by the time this podcast is up, it'll probably be pretty soon when news on that drops. So and I, I, I'm with you, too. I don't, the Hornets aren't done yet, I don't think like there there's obviously there's more signings because they have open roster spots, but. I wouldn't be surprised about a trade either. Like there, there's, there's, there are players on this team that other teams in the league value. Like the, this isn't the Hornets of 2020 or 14, 2015. Like the, the, there are lots of positive assets on this roster, uh, even though things haven't been going well for us the last couple of months. So it could still be not necessarily an exciting summer for us because the things are definitely winding down, but I don't think the, the last bit of Hornets news has, has come out yet for sure. There, there will be a couple more times that we all get to, you know, spend a few hours on Twitter scrolling, uh, looking at the woes tweets and everybody's reaction and all that. Exactly. So like you said, all in all, it's going to be, it's going to be an exciting summer. It's going to, um, but we're really going to see this. This was supposed to be one of the most important off seasons for the Hornets. I feel like in a very long time, and it hasn't been going very well so far. So we definitely it has to go up from here. I just feel like that's the way you got to look at it. It got to go up from here at this point. <laughs> yeah, it, it has to. It, and it definitely has to. So we'll 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 see. We'll hold out hope. And I think it, I think we'll get we'll get some positive news here soon. So we'll, we'll speak it into existence anyway. We'll, we'll go with that. Exactly. Thank you for joining me, Laquan. This was a, a good time. I, I, I liked uh, recapping the Summer League with you. Summer League is like one of my favorite non-NBA like NBA basketball game events, like the, the offseason. I, I love the this portion of the NBA schedule. So it was, not, it was nice getting to recap it all with you. I appreciate you doing oh, this. Oh, yeah. No, it's always fun being up here with you, Chase. Definitely had a good time. And like you said, uh, draft Summer League is exciting times for the NBA, and it always gives you a little bit of hope. Uh, so, and I'm just going to hold on to that for a little bit, <laughs> but Me yeah, appreci- appreciate y'all. Like always, this is, uh, this has been a blast. So yeah, like always. Thank you, man. Thank you to all the listeners as well for, for tuning into this one. 
we the two of us have hope the rest of you can guys can too we're gonna get some some positive hornets news here soon we're gonna turn this off season around before we kind of have a, a whole bunch of nothing in august and then training camp in september so thank you guys for listening hope you enjoyed have a good one